Hail and welcome to The Heathen and the Witch, an intentional podcast about inclusive Norse paganism and witchcraft. Join us and listen to our stories about the ways in which the divine move through our modern daily lives. We're your hosts, Raven and Owl. Listen in wherever and however you are as we create sacred space, tell stories, and build a connection between us and the divine. Hello and welcome to our uh, introductory episode of The Heathen and the Witch. I'm Raven. And I'm Owl. And uh, this episode is just kind of a get-to-know-us episode, so we'll be talking kind of about um, ourselves and who we are so that you're familiar with us. Episodes going forward will not be like this. This one's kind of an anomaly in that regard. Yeah, it's more like a teaser trailer for what to expect. Yeah, um, going going forward, we're going to actually run our podcast as an actual ritual um, for you to join us in. Um, obviously, this episode is not that. Right. And you don't really need anything for this ritual. You just need yourself and some earbuds. And whatever you make of it will be what you make of it. You know, if that quiet place to join us is in your car, that's okay. If it's in your room, that's okay, too. Um, We know everybody is a little bit different, and uh, we want to embrace that. Exactly. This podcast is mostly about stories and not exactly, like, explaining how we do things. It's more about how we apply them in our lives. So today, ultimately, we're talking about who we are and how we got to where we are. Um, in regards to our spirituality and our paths and like who we are outside of that. You have a really interesting kind of background that brought you here. Um, How about we start with you? So I am a younger millennial. I'm queer, non-binary. I go by they, them, and sometimes she, her. depends on how I'm feeling. Um, I'm neurodivergent. I have ADHD. I'm a musician, an activist. I like to call myself a a Lokian nun, but I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm exactly Lokian anymore. Um, I'm mostly like a devotional heathen and polytheist, and I am working to get, I want to start working to get my master's in social work. I also garden. I have like a tiny homestead and I keep livestock. uh, Their chickens chickens are the cutest things ever. (laughs) Yeah, I have uh, nine nine children and they're all hens. (laughs) Um, They'll send me pictures of them. Yeah. They'll send me pictures of the chickens all the time. They're adorable. They are very cute. They have like such, you know snappy personalities that you don't really expect chickens to have but (laughs) I love them um I am really into like gardening and plants and um most of my spirituality kind of takes place outside I like hiking and I'm I'm getting into mountain biking lately um at camp and mostly just find myself most at peace when I'm sitting next to a tree. 
but I didn't start here. (laughs) (laughs) I come from a very conservative household. Uh, My father was Southern Baptist and my mother was Catholic, but was eventually, uh, I'm going to say harassed (laughs) by my father into becoming a Protestant. That's, you know, I I can make a whole episode about that, but we're not doing that today. I feel like um, that's but, something Southern Baptists are really good at, is harassing yeah. people. <laughs> anyway, um, but religion has always been a huge part of my life because of that. Um, I've always been really curious, and like spirituality has always been very important. I just didn't know what it exactly it looked like, because it didn't look like what the church seemed to say. Uh, I've had like a fascination with Catholicism, and nuns and um, how people devote their lives to being spiritual um, and like just kind of making sacrifices for themselves to like cast stuff aside. And, you know, it like the devotion really just enamored me in the ritual aspect and the mysticism, especially of the Catholic church. Um, I didn't exactly get to, experience it because I ended up being baptized as a Methodist. Um, But I did get to go to mass sometimes. And I learned what I could through people and research. Um, But (laughs) uh, Protestants kind of just made me a very angry atheist. Which I think is kind of normal. To an extent, I feel like a lot of people kind of hit that point where they get really like upset with the mainstream religion, especially Christianity. Um, yeah, kind of turns you away from it. Yeah, absolutely. I listened to all of the angry atheist podcasts. I read like a bunch of atheist books, but it never really felt whole and hail. Like I always felt there was still a piece of me missing and I was, I didn't let myself mourn that because I thought religion only kind of looked one way. Um, but I had pagan friends. Um, I didn't really know how to ask them about it. <laughs> I didn't want to be judged either. Like my friends who were friends with these pagan friends were also really judgy and kind of also angry atheists or Christian. So I didn't really branch out and ask them like why they were pagan. So, but I always had like a curiosity about it because I loved the, the idea of having multiple gods. It just made the most sense. And I always asked my father, like, Hey, like, why don't we worship, you know, Zeus or, (laughs) like Dionysus or any or like I didn't really know much about the Norse gods so I just kind of like was really interested about the uh Greek pantheon because that's what we were taught in school and he would be like there's only one god and stuff like that so exactly how he sounded like just (laughs) like that um (laughs) um so (laughs) what introduced me to the Norse gods like most people uh well, not most people. I'm not going to say that. But like a good portion of more recent uh, converts um, <laughs> to heathenry was Marvel. <laughs> um, I really, really, really loved Loki and Thor in the MCU. 
I literally had nothing to do with superheroes until I went to go see Avengers in 2012. And when Loki came on screen, I was like, oh my God. And not just because he was hot, but because he was just like a, per- I mean, he was super hot. Like, let's be real. Um, so was Tom Thor. Hiddleston is a beautiful man. We all know this. <laughs> yeah, he's beautiful. But that wasn't the reason why I was interested in Loki and Thor. I just found like, I found the the myths and like all of the Norse myths to be really fascinating. And I didn't. I didn't really know much about it, but that made me like really curious. So I started hyper fixating as you do. And I watched all of the Thor movies, meaning the only Thor movie there was multiple times. And I read all of the comics that I could find and get my grubby little hands on. Then eventually when I ran out of material from the MCU, I went to read the Eddas and I read all of the myths and did all of the research about like um, who they were outside of Marvel. Um, and that took mostly through late high school and most of my college years um, in this kind of hyper-fixated obsession state. <laughs> I... <laughs> Didn't really know what to make of it. And then one day I decided, like, hmm, maybe people still worshipped them. And I did some research, but I didn't really find anything that made any sense until Infinity War came out and I was grieving what happened Spoiler alert, Loki was killed. (laughs) Um, (laughs) If you don't know that by now, we're sorry in advance. (laughs) Sorry in advance. Um, But the the statute of limitations is well past at this point. I'm sorry. (laughs) Obviously, it worked out for him somewhat uh, because he got his own show uh, much later. But... uh, In the meantime, I was really sad, along with all of the other uh, Loki fans on Tumblr, and some post came up on Tumblr that was like, (laughs) it said, Loki knows you're sad, you know, he's, he's there, like, it's just a story, he's holding you, like, all these comfortable things, and I'm like, what the ever-living fuck are you talking about? (laughs) that moment of confusion I feel like a lot of people have when Loki like weasels his way into your life (laughs) that was when I discovered the word Lokian um I spent several weeks researching that and I went like on the Lokian welcoming committee um and I (laughs) had really weird I guess um a weird thing I like I knew like I was atheist at the time but also I was like but what if you know um what if this was legit like all of these people seem to have this very concrete foundational belief and they're relaying all of these experiences that they have with him and all of these likes that he seems to have as if he was a completely different person and I'm like they're either crazy or lonely or something but I was like fuck it so am I 
And <laughs> one night when my boyfriend wasn't home, I got really drunk and decided to pray to Loki. And that was an experience. And if any of you have worked with Loki before, you would know that he is one of those kinds of dudes that just kind of slaps you upside the face when he um when he comes around. <laughs> and I was he just definitely... pops up and is like, ta-da, I am here. Pay attention. <laughs> yeah, like I already have a bit of a foundation in meditation. And so I was also like praying and meditating and grounding without knowing that I was like grounding. Um and I like, reached out my hands and I felt like he was holding them and I felt like he was there was like a weight on the other side of the bed. And I liked saying that <laughs> I woke up that morning an angry atheist <laughs> and I went to bed that night a believer because there was just no way I could have explained the feeling that I got of being listened to and heard. <laughs> um, it was really great. Um, but outside of that, I was like in a really liminal space. I was about to graduate college. I had like a really passive relationship with my boyfriend. I had kind of a eh job. Um, I didn't really have, I had like a lot of friends, but they were kind of eh. Um, <laughs> just a really liminal space. And I, I didn't really know it at the time, but I was kind of unhappy no, I was like really unhappy. Um, and that's usually when Loki finds his people. It really um, is. He comes in when you need him the most. Yeah, he really does. And like, I didn't really realize that at first. And everyone kept saying like, Loki comes to people when they're in their hard times. And I was like, I'm fine. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Newsflash, secret. They were not fine. <laughs> no, I was not fine um so that's how I became pagan and from there I also branched into heathenry like I got into um also getting to know I think next came Thor and he kind of went back and forth with Loki a lot and then I reached out to Odin and he didn't seem to start appearing until maybe a year later and that was like my main Three, I guess. And Segan kind of popped up in there at some point. And now Freya has been within the last maybe a year or so. That's been a long time. Um, time <laughs> so goes I've been fast. Really, right? What is time? So, yeah, that's how I started it. I never really got into witchcraft. I didn't really think very highly of it until I met Raven here. <laughs> um, and I converted to another non-believer. <laughs> I'm kind of a hipster in the way where I'm like, everybody else is doing this and I think it's stupid. So I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm still that way, just in case you were wondering. <laughs> but in the way that Raven has completely convinced me that witchcraft is legit <laughs> um, through various means that she has done incredible things. And oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's not an there. exact science. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But I've had a lot of successes recently. So that's like pretty cool. It's not an exact science, but it's a pretty solid science. Like there's, you know, there's a whole 
testing and like coming to conclusions based off of evidence of experience and stuff like that. Like it's to be honest, like witchcraft is pretty scientific if you ask me. And I think that's what really like made me a believer in witchcraft. I don't really, I haven't yet really found my groove with it. So I'm still kind of dawdling, I guess. I wouldn't call myself a witch. That's why I'm the heathen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I still do witchcraft. It's just, you know, I wouldn't put that label on myself just yet or ever. I'm mostly like a devotional polytheist. I've always been really interested in how I can get closer to the divine. I've As I said, I always had a fascination with nuns, what it took for them to be a nun. And I wouldn't say I'm I'm what a typical nun looks like. I don't I have a boyfriend. We're like fixing to get married soon. Sooner than later, I guess. (laughs) Which is very exciting. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) He's an atheist, but it doesn't really matter to me um, what he is, because he respects me. Um, it wasn't always that way, (laughs) uh, because he had to learn and understand when I was like believing Loki kind of just uprooted my entire relationship with him and made it better beyond that. I think like I own property. I don't exactly live a life of poverty. I mean, (laughs) my income would say so, but (laughs) my boyfriend (laughs) supports me, (laughs) Most of my work is just foundationally through trial and error with what a devotional life looks like. I do most of the things that I do, like I own a Etsy store. I do this podcast. I used to, I still actually like, I'm part of a pretty decent sized community in real life. And I am in a kindred um, with some really like awesome people. I just recently uh, owed to them. Um, which is a pretty big deal. It was only like a temporary year long oath just to see what would happen. And it's definitely, it's definitely pretty legit. Uh, don't do that lightly. (laughs) Always take Um, your oath seriously. Always. Yeah, definitely. Um, cause you never really know until you're just kind of faced with the reality that the gods are real and they're listening. And I kind of kicked my ass into gear this past couple of months. Oh, you're a god spouse too, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> Forgot about that part. <laughs> yeah, that's been... a little bit important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much like a huge part of um, what my practice looks like is because I'm a god spouse. I'm very into mysticism and figuring out ways in which I can relate to my spouse. Uh, you know, through meditation and through various means, he's kind of like, uh, if, in case you didn't realize, I'm also a God's spouse to Loki. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah, he's kind of like my, he's like my roommate, basically. It's, it's an interesting way of living my life because from the outside, it definitely looks like I'm crazy and it's really hard to talk about it in most spaces because, it's it's very intimate and i one reason why i feel like we made this podcast was to talk about like what it looks like to have the divine so intimately entwined in our lives because people don't really talk about that 
very much. I mean, they'll talk about taboo almost. Like it really is in a lot of circles. People kind of look down on it. Yeah, and like when I'm with my kindred, I didn't really. I was like online for the first couple of years of my practice, and then I went to go meet like IRL pagans, and none of them were discussing like their relationship with deities like they would kind of be like oh this happened in my life and it made me think of insert deity here and i'd be like that's cool so loki told me the other day and like people just you know look at me like what the fuck <laughs> like, you honestly mean? <laughs> like i mean obviously i mean some of the times it's not just like he told me like straight out but sometimes it is and like i can't that's always just... a weird feeling too when that happens you're like wait what well yeah like sometimes it takes like months of gathering evidence and understanding what exactly he's trying to convey and other times he's like give me a sandwich and i'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> he's very food oriented <laughs> he really is like <laughs> And you show up with snacks, like, you know. <laughs> I'll just hear, like, munching in my ear, and that's, that's, like, he just has a new snack every time. Like, last time it was a turkey leg. I'm sure someone gave him a turkey leg. And so the thing is here, like, where I guess the, the difficult and complicated part is, it's not like he's my, like, it sounds like he's my imaginary friend, but I insist that I definitely don't want to experience this like this is not exactly something that came into being because i'm lonely or stressed um in fact when i am trying to dissociate like because i am neurodivergent i want to escape most of the time it's not me trying to most of the time loki won't even let me like dissociate with him (laughs) you know i don't he just he's I have to be extremely grounded in my present situation in order to sense him at all. Like, I have to be experiencing my life actively. He, like, my other imaginary friends, meaning, like, like when I was obsessed with other characters, I guess, out of books or stuff like that, it was mostly to escape. And Loki just makes sure that I don't escape. In fact, like, he wants my nose to be on the earth at all times he also makes you look Um, at stuff he's like oh you're trying to avoid xyz too bad here it is yeah exactly like he's so i guess one of the things that i also want to just you know emphasize here is like we're both god spouses and Mm -hmm. it's really important to talk about what that looks like um from a grounded perspective and how it works in our world and We've been together since since I guess December of twenty December twenty eighteen as spouses. Um and before then I was like I owed to him that summer before then. And I also I really kicked off my life by just completely going really fast. Like I I knew him, like I met him in July of twenty eighteen, and then he was like, You really wanna work with me? Uh, I re- kind of want to make sure that you're not just going to, like, fuck off the moment things get hard. So, like, kind of looking for some sort of dedication here. And so I was like, okay, yes, please. And um, <laughs> I looked to him in September. And then December, he started courting me and we got married in December. Uh, 
yeah. So things got really fast. I made a lot of mistakes. Um, but I would say that it was for the better because I just don't like being told what to do. And that's another thing too, is in your own individual practice, you will make mistakes. You are yeah. human and that will happen. And as long as you're kind of upfront about it, the gods are also really cool about it. Absolutely. And I think another like goal of this podcast is also to talk about our mistakes as they oh, happen yeah. daily. <laughs> <laughs> All the time. <laughs> All of the time. Like, in fact, I would say the majority of my practice has been maybe just making mistakes and figuring it out because success is that's worthwhile and is success that is, I guess, stable. A sustainable practice means that you have to just get over your mistakes and take them as lessons. Um, And I think that's one of the cool things about the Norse gods, too, is like they're flawed, too. And so there's very little judgment. Yeah, exactly. They're they're like family to me. They feel like whenever I'm going through a hard time, I feel like I'm held by an extended family. Like they're they are my family. They don't feel like it. Like they just are. And um that's the only way I've ever really related to them. I've never really been I guess when also I didn't want to mention I'm not really like a I wouldn't say I'm a huge recon um, heathen. I do like doing research and looking into historic, um, like the historic foundation of where a lot of our practices could come from. But the thing is with heathenry, especially like we don't really have much evidence to go off of because it was mostly erased. Um, So I've more so been a mystic and kind of just, do what feels right and sometimes when I when I do what feels right it'll be later backed up by research and evidence of that existing in the past at some point um or even in another path like sometimes I'll find what rings true for me in Hinduism or like Buddhism or like this universal truth that people just seem to come upon when they uh, explore their spirituality so I say heathen in a very loose term, <laughs> as in it's the only way that I can describe myself because of I'm in a kindred and like if the Norse gods are the most important to me. I don't really work with anyone else. And I'm also like a devotional polytheist. Um, but yeah, research and stuff is not very important to me. So this I'm not going to be talking about what books for you to buy or explaining things that really don't hold much sway on our lives today. It feels like a waste of time to me. Um, I'll mostly be talking about stories and the story that unfolds itself in my life and how I got to where I am. So that's me. (laughs) I love talking about myself. So this is fun. (laughs) All right, so... Raven, okay. who are you? <laughs> okay, that is a great question. I feel like I'm rediscovering that all the time. Uh, I feel but, um, so I'm a 30-something uh, individual. I go by she, her. Um, I'm married in real life, and I'm also a god spouse, which is also real life, but I have to make the distinguish, the differentiation. Um, I work in education, so I work with kids, um, 
I also consider myself a fiber artist. Um, so I've been knitting for like 20 years. I spin my own yarn, which is kind of a recent development. I have a spinning wheel. Um, I also sell my own yarn, which is kind of cool. Um, I'm learning how to crochet a little bit. I'm not very good at it, but I do enjoy it a little. Um, I'm the witch of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the witch in the title. I've been a witch for about a decade now. Um, I'm also a Norse pagan, and I am a seer. So what that means is I hear things very clearly, and uh, sometimes I get images, which is always kind of a trip in and of itself. <laughs> um, I'm also neurodivergent. I have bipolar disorder as well as generalized anxiety disorder. Uh, and I also deal with depression, so it's kind of a fun combination. I have a service dog. I'm classified as mentally disabled because of my bipolar. Um, I'm not on disability. My husband makes too much money for that. Um, but I do have a service dog that I take and run errands with because it's very hard forcing myself to leave the house sometimes. Um. So I was actually raised Christian as well. I was raised United Methodist, which is a little less intense than Owl's Southern Baptist. Um, but it's still, you know, it was still pretty intense for what it was. I was really active in the church. Like I was very active in youth group and choir. And I always found myself searching for that connection, for that feeling of being close to God, whoever God was to me at that time. You know, I couldn't quite imagine what the divine looked like at that point in my life so I went to college and I became kind of agnostic I was like okay there's a higher power I don't know what it is whatever um and then I actually became a witch before I became a pagan um I met my friend Dorothy at community college she my husband and I would all like hang out together after class um and it was pretty cool and she was very open about being a witch. And I discovered as time went on that I had questions, as one does, <laughs> right? It always starts with questions. And so I started asking her, like, well, what does that look like? What do you do? You know, do you have a cauldron? How, <laughs> how do things work? Do you fly on a broomstick? I don't know these things. And um, she started mentoring me. And the first thing I remember learning how to do was make energy balls, which is where, so in your palms, you have bundles of nerves. It's one of your nerve points. And if you hold your hands together, close together, like not touching, but like you're holding a ball in your hand and you focus really hard, you can actually manipulate the energy between your hands and form energy balls. And that was like the coolest thing I had ever done. And I just couldn't believe it. And so... I kind of went down the rabbit hole a bit of what witchcraft could look like. And I ended up working with Dorothy and doing a thing called year in a day. Um, year in a day. It's not, not everybody does it. A lot of people don't, but it can be considered a traditional kind of rite of passage for a witch, depending on, you know, who you're working with. And so I spent a year and a day. It started on Samhain and it ended on November 1st of the following year. And I learned as much as I could about everything. I learned my moon cycles. I learned my astrology signs. I figured out how candle magic works 
uh, how to read tarot, how to read runes, um, and how to run rituals, and why we run rituals, and like all the major holidays, and what's associated with all the holidays. Like I had a binder of just notes that I took. And I ran all these rituals, and I figured all this stuff out. Um, and the name Raven actually is the mantle I took at the end, excuse me, the end of my year in a day, because I discovered I can see, and I discovered I can hear, and Raven is the seer. And so it just made sense. Um, the things that I kind of excel in, um, besides seeing and hearing, which is, Al can attest, it's always kind of a trip when that happens. Um, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Um, I'm really good with candle magic. That is definitely my main form of magic work and energy work that I do is candle like magic. Like really good, really good at candle Practice. magic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you know, I know my colors. I can associate as I need to. Um, can I share that hex that I did on your workplace the one time? Is that okay? Ow. Um, legally, we have nothing to do with it. Uh, so, but yeah, go ahead. Okay. Al <laughs> and I were friends, had become friends a few months earlier and, um, it was 2020 and their jobs sucked and they fired Owl yeah. out of hand. And I may or may not have had anything to do with this. May or um, may not. Legal yep, purposes. Legal, yeah. Legally here. Um, <laughs> but I, I did make a candle. And I remember saying, show them that they're full of shit. That was my uh -huh. exact wording. Which I want to take a moment to emphasize here. Intention and wording matters. Super important. You got to be important. clear. <laughs> got to be clear. <laughs> Because what happened, Al? You tell them. So maybe like a night or two later after the candle, maybe, I think it burned out or I'm not sure. It burned out. Yeah, a, it burned out. Yeah. I had a dream that I was in my workplace and the toilet clogged and it started flooding. Um, and like I was already having like stress dreams about work, but this felt like really poignant for some reason. It was very detailed. And the following day, um, my friend who still worked there informed me that my old supervisor like flushed her keys down the toilet somehow, which like, you know, that's How almost impossible. That? Yeah. How, How do you do, you do that? that? <laughs> it's almost impossible. Legally, I have nothing to do with this. Um, so I mean, I was we did obviously nothing. out of the <laughs> office. Like I was fired. I had nothing to do with these people. And, like, it took multiple plumbers for them to finally, like, to at least stop leaking. And the toilets were permanently damaged. Like, there was standing water for, like, at least a couple weeks. They had mushrooms growing out of the side of the walls. Um, yeah. And then on top of that, like, they almost got scammed out of money like they had they've never been able to fill my old position they keep hiring a new person almost every year on the dot um yeah it's so this um, is what this is why intention that keeps matters getting. yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah. that that's the most successful one that i can think of i follow the practice of do no harm 
um, but take no shit. Yeah. So literally, I won't no actually shit. go. I won't. Yeah. <laughs> I won't go out of my way to hurt anybody. But also, if something happens, you know, I kind of give karma a nudge. I do a lot of healing candles, a lot of blessing candles. I tend to prefer that end of things more than anything. Um, I'm really adept with tarot. Um, tarot comes really naturally to me. That's the other skill. And so during this, kind of getting back on track, during this exploratory period of mine where I became a witch, I still was pretty agnostic. I was like, okay, so there are multiple gods. That's cool. Whatever kind of move on with my life and it was um 2014 it was a year before I got married and I it was kind of a rough point I was being harassed by a certain person and being sent really threatening text messages and it was like a whole mess and I was really stressed all the time and I saw the Avengers it was on Netflix and I was like (laughs) okay everybody praises this movie I'll give it a shot and instantly fell in love with Loki, as one does. <laughs> um, and I was like, okay, I really like this. And it kind of became my go-to movie for a while, where like when my husband was out of town visiting his family, I put it on to go to sleep to. Uh, and I liked it well enough, and I liked Loki well enough, that I actually based my wedding colors off his armor for green and gold, because I thought that was a really pretty combination. <laughs> And then 2015 happened, I got married, and then shortly after I got married, there was a tragic incident involving my family. Um, I don't really want to go into too much detail, but it was very, very traumatic for all parties involved. And I needed something else to fixate on, something else to distract me, and so I dropped Marvel like a hot potato and uh, found something else. that I found uh, Metal Gear Solid, if anybody is familiar with that it's a video game series um and i completely forgot about marvel for a good chunk for the next few years and then 2017 happened and i had graduated school and i was working a very very difficult job i work in education and at the time i was working in a special needs classroom in a middle school and it was probably the hardest job i think i've ever had And I hit a really, really low point. It was just like a series of events that hit this low point for me. And I was actually hospitalized and then forced to take a two-week mandatory leave of absence from work. And so here I am struggling. Everything feels like it's falling apart. And I go visit my in-laws, which is stressful enough in itself. And uh, I discovered Thor Ragnarok. And I was like, oh, wait, I think I used to like this series. I can't remember. I'm going to watch it. Completely re-sparked my love of Loki. Um, so I went and saw Infinity War that spring. And work was getting even worse, which I did not think was possible at the time. I legit did not think this job could get worse than it did. And yet it did. And I remember going to therapy and my therapist was having me use these things called allies um, to help me process things. And Loki kept showing up and I was like, okay, this is cool. It always felt a little, little off. I was like, I'm not, this feels kind of weird. I don't know. And it took 
at the end of the semester, I was so beyond stressed that I started having stress nightmares. And it was like a week solid of just these horrible, horrible nightmares. So it was like I was in the middle of a knife fight or I was in a dark alley and somebody was chasing me or just really uncomfortable situations. And the consistent thing in all of these dreams was that there was this redheaded guy always in the distance. So I could never fully make out who he was, but he was always there. And for some reason in the dream, I knew that if I saw him, I was going to make it out okay. And I would be able to change the dream over to something else. And I was like, I don't know who this is, but this feels really important. And uh, the last nightmare that I had before they stopped was so violent that I couldn't get it to change. And I remember he came in, ripped me out of it and put me in a different one. And at that point I was like, okay, red hair. I like Loki. I've been having Marvel Loki in my therapy sessions, but I'm not convinced it's Marvel Loki because it doesn't feel quite right. I need to go do some digging. And I ended up down the rabbit hole, as Al kind of did. And uh, I was digging around on Tumblr, because at the time, that was the only place I could think of to go look, was Tumblr. Yay, Tumblr. (laughs) (laughs) Tumblr is a disaster, Um, but it's my disaster. I don't know. Yeah. But I ended up digging around on there and finding all this information about Norse Loki. And I was like, that's who it is. And I got that little ping. And he was like, oh, good, you figured it out. And I was like, yes. And so I actually started working with him end of May 2018. And so if you're familiar with bipolar disorder, you go through manic periods where you like hyperfixate on things. And then when you're out of that period, you kind of lose interest. And I was so afraid that I was going to exit this period that I was in and he was going to be gone and it was going to be completely made up and I was going to be alone again. And I'm pleased to report dear listeners that that did not happen. Uh, Quite the opposite. Actually, he's made himself very, very known. I have an altar set up for him in Segan. It's my working altar and uh, his side is covered with right now. It's covered with random food items because He's been doing the grabby hand thing. Like, oh, yeah. The classic. I was eating, yeah. I was eating a nutty, <laughs> a nutty Buddy the other day, and he was like, mine? Mine? <laughs> I was like, I <laughs> guess it is now. <laughs> um, so that happened, and at that point, I was like, okay, I guess I'm Norse pagan now. Let's see what's going to happen going forward. And then it was like a year later that things kind of turned to more of a flirty end of thing. And I was so confused. I'm ace. I don't pick up on these things. I was like, what is happening? I was so confused. And uh, that's actually how I met Owl. Because Owl had made a post on Tumblr about God's Brasserie to Loki. And I remember reading it and being like, if I reach out to this person, are they going to actually respond and like answer some questions? Or is that weird? And I debated for a solid day about whether or not I was going to reach out. And then I did. Mm. And, uh, you know, talking to Al about it really kind of gave me a different perspective. 
and uh, I ended up becoming a glass boss. So, yeah, which I don't think would have happened without Owl, honestly. Well, no, it's true. It's very true. And that was actually the start of a really good friendship, too. Owl is definitely my best friend. I'm going to brag on them a second here. Um, and they always give me kind of a different perspective. I'm used to being solitary because as a witch, I practice solitary and I don't have an in real life community. You know, Owl kind of is my community. And so it was kind of an adjustment, but it's been really good. Um, yeah. Being able to get those second opinions and stuff. I'll um, brag on you, I guess, a bit. <laughs> Cause like I, I was a god spouse for a year before I met Raven, and like <laughs> Raven is really talented in things that I am struggling with, or and I mean have struggled with, continue to struggle with, and she helped me realize that like it's okay to be loved by Loki in a weird way, and also like. I was kind of not understanding what the purpose of being a god spouse was, I guess, because I I was under the like I was just under the impression that he just wanted me to be like a community leader and that's definitely not the case. Uh <laughs> but it was like if it wasn't for Raven, I wouldn't have I guess had any sort of realization about what it even means jealousy i guess <laughs> kind of kicked <laughs> in too because she made it seem so easy and i i i'm gonna be real i struggled a lot um i had a lot of really negative experiences and trying to like <sighs> trying to really understand what this meant for me so if it wasn't for raven i don't think i would still be even married to loki honestly oh wow yeah that's wow i don't i mean maybe something would have happened i mean surely enough like loki has his ways of getting around to it but like i'm really stubborn and it really took like friendship and understanding a different perspective also i don't think i would have gotten my diagnosis for adhd had i not met raven (laughs) because she makes it seem so normal i mean it's not normal but like she makes it okay i've really had to learn to come to terms with my bipolar because it really it really does affect almost every aspect of my life like i really struggle holding full-time work um holding jobs is very very difficult for me so i'm really fortunate where i work currently um you know social situations get difficult some days i can't even get out of bed um, when things are bad. I don't know, once I kind of made peace with myself, it made things a lot easier. Yeah, um, same. So I'm glad, I'm glad I could help. I really am. Where I'm at currently, um, shortly after becoming God's Boss to Loki, I actually met Segan, and I am actually oathed to her as a priestess. Um, she's kind of the person I do most of my shadow work with. She's kind of my go-to for all the lessons I learn. Um, and I just think she's wonderful. You know, she's, she's really cool. She is. She's wonderful. <laughs> I just and think I she's love great. her. <laughs> I could honestly talk about her 
maybe that'll be <laughs> on a different episode, but I could talk about her for days. And if you read our yeah. blog, I actually have referenced her at least twice now. <laughs> In the future post. I think you In the future post. Yes. <laughs> so whatever you're listening to that, hopefully it'll be published by then. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, but she's <laughs> wonderful. And I, I really love working with her. Um, I occasionally work with Freya. Freya has started making herself known. Thor, interestingly enough, has started making himself known more often too which is very interesting to me i think Um, one of the cool things about like the norse gods is like they're kind of infectious it's like a party (laughs) it's like you get one and then everybody comes my husband and i are actually trying to become parents um we're trying and so she's actually been around a fair amount just i don't know what it is about her and like what's been going on but she and segan have just been really great about the whole thing I'm a seer. I've mentioned that, but that's kind of hard to describe. I'm just now to a point where I'm really honing that skill or attempting Mm -hmm. to. You know, I've always been able to hear and see my whole life. And in high school, I really crushed it. I just was like, this is too much. I can't handle it. I don't want to do this. I don't want to deal with this. And so I'm actually at a point now where I'm starting to embrace it. Um, I have a little journal where I sit and I meditate and I see if anything comes through uh, just for practice most of the time. I do still love Marvel. You know, I went yeah. and saw Dr. Strange. That was pretty fun. Um, yeah. If you look at my altar, it's actually really funny because you would think I worship Marvel Loki just because of the amount of like Marvel Loki there is on Loki's side of the altar. But I swear, this guy, this guy. <laughs> He, he like he gets he gets grabby hands, man. I'll be at the store and I'll see something and I'm like, oh, that's cute. And I'll hear, I want, I want that. It's like, sir. <laughs> I think he's like really in love with the fact that his name is on people who don't even worship like him, like their minds. And it's even gotten to the point where I've read books by people who got interested in Marvel Loki and now are reading, like are writing like published novels about Norse Loki like it's crazy man it's a great way to reach people and I'm so glad how fortunate are we that we get to have these relationships with these deities and I just feel so incredibly fortunate that Loki found me when he did. He really did come to me in the lowest point of my life. And, you know, I'm so fortunate that he found me because I can't... Everything he gives, he gives tenfold, honestly. You know, I swear, he brought me an owl together, and that's been really great. Um, The different layers I've been learning about myself just through working with him and Segan has just been pretty... Pretty amazing. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. He, I mean, the reason why we talk about him so much is because he's kind of like, like a, I guess like a path opener. And he definitely opened the paths for Raven and I. Um, Oh, definitely. He, he kind of like was the foundation from which we could understand the other deities because I feel like he's just so weird that he completely (laughs) shakes up all of your like previous uh, assumptions about 
what it looks like to like work with a divine being and he kind of just like makes it familial because there's no other way to relate to him or like them by I feel like personally I think like the moment I make things formal like is the moment I stop being able to sense them like it's just very personal same Um, I'm very much one of those fly by the seat of my pants kind of witch and kind of pagan like I do what feels right when it feels right it's so hard for me to set up like a solid routine I've tried I've tried the whole Mm -hmm. oh I'm gonna read tarot every night before I go to bed and that doesn't work honestly the amount of love though that I have received from Loki and from his family and from the other gods that come through it fills what I was looking for when I was a practicing Christian. It mm, fills same. that connection that I was always searching for. And it's like a piece of me that was missing kind of finally went into place. I don't consider myself heathen necessarily because I don't do a lot of the heathen things. But, you know, I I don't really know where I'm going necessarily. I don't. I'm just taking it kind of one step at a time. And I'm still discovering one step at a time where I'm going. Uh, And I think maybe that's why things do come easier to me sometimes. um, Because I don't overthink. I'm just like, (laughs) oh, this is going to happen? Okay, let's try. Yeah. I I came in with no expectations and I continue to have no expectations. (laughs) (laughs) Raven's like the opposite. Like she's like the... Well, Not like exactly opposite. <laughs> yeah, I'm an owls incredible. Are, owls yeah. are head. I am the heart. Is honestly That's how I would put it. Because why I'm owl, called owl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> owl is always looking up information, and they get into, you know, these interest in these rabbit holes, and they go down, and then they tell me all about it, which I just think is awesome because I'm not motivated <laughs> to do that sort of thing at all. And then on the flip side, I'm the one over here who's just feeling it out. And if something pops up, I'm like, hey, owl, guess what? Like, I only do that when I'm really interested, though. So it's true. It's true. Like, I don't really care about math or science. I mean, I do, but only when it applies to things that I'm already interested in, like physics or something like that, like applying physics to other things or, you know, just how I relate to the world. Um so it's not really like I know everything, but I know everything that I'm severely interested in or even afraid of. I know everything about that, too. <laughs> and I think that's an important skill. Honestly, I really do. And I really admire that quality about you, that you're not afraid to look up what you're interested in and you're not afraid to dig and find things. I tend to just go on what I feel. I don't think I don't think I've actually read the original editors or any of the original source materials. I did read, uh, excuse me, I did read Neil Gaiman's North Mythology when all of yeah. this went down. I got it the summer that I started working with Loki. Not, I know there's some controversy with that book, but it was kind of enough of a launching point for me um, to get yeah. where I needed to be. Like Sometimes I spin devotional yarn for deities, and so I'll research a little bit on that deity before I spin the yarn for them. But really, it's just feel. It's just, for me, it's just instinct and feel. Yeah, I'm getting better at it. Um, You are. You really are. I would say 
I would say like I'm miles away from where I used to be. Most of the things like I make for my Etsy store that I'll I'll talk about, I guess at the end. Um, it just like becomes an intuitive thing too. Like I'll, I won't even know the deity, but like one time I was making beads for Scotty, Scotty, Scotty. I apologize. <laughs> no, it's Scotty. Is it? <laughs> it is. It is Scotty. Yeah. It's- <laughs> <laughs> the 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 looking thing is a th. I know she actually corrected me at one point, and I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, I need to remember that. She's cool. I I only interacted with her when I was making her prayer beads, and I was like, hey, what colors do you want? And she told me, and like was was like, that's it. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, thanks. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> and that was our interaction. That's what happens to me when I'm spinning and I'm like planning yarn and stuff. Because I also run an Etsy shop, which I'll talk about at the end as well. But like, the gods will come up and like peek over my shoulder and be like, what you doing there? What you doing? What you got? They're just like attention. Yeah. One of the things we want to do kind of at the end of each episode is do a rune pull and a card pull. Yeah. And uh, this might be a good time to go ahead and do that. Al is really talented with tarot and runes as well. Like we do readings for each other and stuff and they're very, very good. And so kind of at the end of the episode, they're going to pull a rune and I'm going to pull a card. And this is just to give you something to like maybe apply to your life over the course of the month between episodes or to meditate on or to think about um, as we go forward. Mm -hmm. So Al, do you want to go ahead and pull your rune first? Uh, I'll also note that my interpretations of the runes are personal. If you don't agree with them, uh, that's okay. Everyone has their own opinions on the interpretations because we don't have a single interpretation outside of the rune poem. Uh, so I apologize in advance. <laughs> no, I think, that can be this, I think that can be this said the same for cards too. Everybody interprets yeah. differently. So if it... <laughs> You know, if we pull something and our interpretation doesn't resonate, but you get a different interpretation that does resonate, go with the one that does. My interpretations are how I learned them. Uh, so, oh, nice. So we got Suwilo. Uh, Suwilo is incredibly positive. It means the sun. Um, I take it to mean success and vitality and very just generally positive vibes going forward. Uh, so... I'm going to take that to mean, I feel like the end of, um, from when we're recording this, this is the end of spring. A lot of seeds that are planted are now sprouting and a lot of ideas and um, successes and failures are coming to a head. Um, and generally, like everything that we're, we've been trying to manifest over the course of the spring will soon be harvested. So I take that Take that as you will. (laughs) I love that. Okay, so I'm actually using an Oracle deck today because it's felt right to me. It's the Wisdom of Avalon Oracle cards. I got this a few summers ago. It's a really great deck. Um, Let me shuffle and let's see what we get. All right, let's see what we got. Communication is our oracle card. So let's see. So when I read cards, I always use the little booklet that comes with them. And it's interesting because different (laughs) meetings 
will pop at different times for different people. So communication is actually pretty straightforward. It's not necessarily about just talking to someone or at something. It's also about being willing to listen. So maybe one of the things going forward is realizing that it's good to talk, but also being mindful of how much you're actually listening. And if you're listening to hear, or if you're listening because it's polite, right? There's Mm -hmm. a difference, I think. So maybe going forward while everything is blossoming and good, we can all kind of focus on how we communicate with the world around us. Also, what a card to pull. I mean, at the time of the recording of this podcast, Mercury is currently in retrograde. It is. Uh, (laughs) Which is communication. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, especially after it goes direct, it's like things will start to, you know, get going that weren't going before and communications a huge part of that all right well al do you want to talk about your etsy shop a little bit i own an etsy shop called leaves of yggdrasil co um yggdrasil is spelled as uh leaves of yggdrasil y-g-g-d-r-a-s-i-l um co you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Etsy. I'm working on making my own website soon. It's harder than it looks. And I sell like prayer beads, candles. I'm trying to get more altar boxes up. It's mostly devotional items. I really feel called to have like meditation beads and stuff like that because I like picking at stuff when I meditate. And so that was why I ended up creating those. And candles, obviously, and altar boxes are kind of like the deal. Like, it has everything in the shop and more involved in the specific deity. I can so vouch for their store. store. I can vouch yeah. for their store. I always wear a bracelet, a low-key bracelet that they made me, and a Segan necklace. Um, and it's good quality stuff. It really is. Thank you. You own an Etsy store, too. I do. I have an Etsy store as well. It's called Spirit Spun Yarn. And what I do is I spin devotional yarns. So I have a couple of different lines um, going on. I have a limited edition line. I have a deity line. And then I have a holiday line and a marvel line. And what they are is I spin ritual yarn. So for the deity line... All the yarn is blessed and dedicated to that deity. Uh, And I set an intention when I spin. And then when I set the yarn, I put moon water in with the yarn to kind of bless it some more. All the yarn in my shop goes through the witch process. So it gets blessed for the person who's going to use it. Uh, I always set with moon water all of the different yarns. Um, It's just the deity ones are specific deities the non-deity ones are just blessed for the person who is going to buy the yarn or use the yarn. Um, I'm also on Instagram under Spirit Spun Yarns and I have a Tumblr for it but the Tumblr doesn't necessarily you know, Tumblr's a hell site so use your discretion on if you want to go poking around there. <laughs> um, but the Instagram's better, I think. Vouch for her <laughs> yarn. It's really soft and nice and pretty. And the colors are lovely and in accordance to what she, the theme is for the yarn. Love it. It's awesome. Check it Thank out. Thank you. I appreciate that. As a podcast, we have our WordPress website, which is 
Ooh, hard. It's the Heathen one. and the Witch. Wordpress.com. Yeah, that one. And we update weekly blogs. So we write weekly blogs. We kind of alternate who's writing what. And um, blogs don't necessarily follow a theme or a pattern. It's just kind of reflections that we have as we go along that are interesting to share. What and we, I hooked up the Instagram to it, and which is also the Heathen and the Witch pod, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. We would love to hear from you guys. If you want to pop on you know, Instagram and leave us comments, that's totally cool. This is kind of our trial and error episode. <laughs> our uh, maiden voyage. Our maiden voyage, if you will. Uh, it has been recorded and produced by both of us and social media by both of us. And uh, Thank you for listening. We hope that you'll join us next month as we delve into our ritual format. <laughs>